Welcome back to Kenny and the Coaches. It is the Sunday after the Oklahoma High School football regular season is finished. Hopefully, the high school football team you root for had a successful season. And to the teams moving on to the first round of the playoffs, good luck on your team's postseason run. Uh, today, I'm joined by a longtime Fox assistant coach and good friend of mine, Coach John Bailey. Coach, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Like I said, whenever this comes out, it's going to be football playoff time so i don't know if i'll be in a good mood or not hopefully i'm in a good mood but you know i hope for the best yeah now hey being an assistant uh is something that you've that you're comfortable being uh, is it something that you're comfortable being or have you ever wanted to be a head coach i had never wanted to be a head coach i was good with just the teaching part of it you know the fundamentals i love the fundamental part of football and teaching the kid you know fifth and sixth seventh graders from the ground up and then seeing them succeed that's something that i'm okay with and then you know a head coach has a lot of hats mm-hmm. he's got this he's got it and then I, I just don't think i would ever want to have that responsibility also i kind of feel like i'm a little too hard on them and i wouldn't have kids play for me in this today's day and age yeah, yeah. a little too much old school i mean too much fire so i think that kids don't respond to that nowadays kids respond more to a pat on the back than a kick on the rear but yeah. lately I've thought, you know, well, maybe if I took over and, and was a head coach that I could get some of that fire in these kids. So it's kind of I'm, – I'm really okay with being an assistant. Now I've got to take over a basketball head coaching job, which will be brand new for me. But uh, hmm. I'm okay with being an assistant. Um, he said I enjoy the teaching part of it. And then you've got to have a good guy and a bad guy, so I'm all right with being the bad guy. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Now, I, and also, I don't know if that's changed for you. Like, you know, as you've gotten older and from the time you first started, I remember when I first uh, got into coaching, I was like, I had this plan set out. I was like, all right, I'm going to be an assistant for X amount of years and I'm going to be a head coach. I'm going to find a head coaching job somewhere. But the longer that I went in it, I kind of had that same, th- that same thought that you had. You know, head coaches have to wear a lot of hats. And I'm, I'm comfortable just being a teacher. You know, and I think there's something to that because it seems like a lot of time. I think that's when you're, I think that's when you start really becoming a good assistant coach is whenever you realize that you're just a part of it and you don't have to be the 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 guy. You know, I mean, you can do your part to be a part of the team. You know, uh, yeah, you said that about coaching hard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Coaching hard and loving harder. That kind of seems to be your your philosophy on things i am i you know i i had some great coaches you know growing up in high school and junior high. i was lucky enough to have the same football coach from fifth grade to my senior year and i really look you know i, I look up to him and he's somebody that i learned a lot from and i tried to kind of be like him but he was able to fire you up without sometimes even having to yell at you but when he needed to yell at you you knew it mm-hmm. and he was coaches that once it was over with you did your job he would put his arm around you until you loved you and you knew he did because of the things that he'd do for you outside of you know outside of football and mm-hmm. outside of the game. you knew that he cared and that's kind of what i want kids to know about me is i'm gonna scream at you but i'm not gonna belittle you but i know that you can do better and i just ask you know play to the best of your ability that's all i'm asking you to do and if you mess up you know i might raise my voice a little bit but i'm not you know gonna belittle a kid but then i'm gonna find him afterwards and let them know that I love them and mm-hmm. if I need to or whatever I need to do. I mean, I tell my guys all the time, I was like, I love y'all enough to give you a kidney if somebody needed one. 
but you're going to get yelled at your whole life. You're going to have a boss mm-hmm. that's going to yell at you. You're going to have other employees that are going to yell at you. You got people driving on the road, they're going to road race. They're going to yell at you. You guys that get married, your wife's going <laughs> to yell at you. Yeah. Get used to it. You know, mm-hmm. it will make you a better human being. Get used to being yelled at. Don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. And I've had to calm down, like I said. You know, a lot of kids don't respond to that at all. They shut down. So you've got to figure out which ones do shut down and just, you know, pat them on the back instead of kicking them in the rear. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know if you mind me saying this, and I remember a couple of years ago you'd said you'd kind of thought about kind of you thought you might need to change the way you were. And I remember telling you, I was like, man, you got you have to be you. You know, you have to be the type of person. Because if you try to change, I mean, the kids are going to notice that. And I, I think overall, I mean, because I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum as far as coaching goes. And, you know, I, as being the kind of the, the quiet guy, I guess the, the good coach, you know, the good coach, the good cop, bad cop thing, there's times that, you know, I, I always I, I thought that, I you know, I need to change my way a little bit, be a little bit more fiery and things like that. But then it's the same. I always kind of thought that'd be the same thing. The kids would see that and be like, "Hey, that's not that's not how Coach K is." You know, what's you know what's he trying to do? And right. I, you know, I I think you need that mixture. You know, like like you said, you know, being somebody needs to be the 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 fire breather and and all that. But I and I I do think that kids know whichever way that you're doing it. I think that they know that they want the best. That, that you're wanting the best out of them. So I think that, you know, I don't think anyone ever really needs to change the way that they do things. You know, there's there can always be a, a good guy and a bad guy, you know. And I always, like I said, my, my, I've always been more reserved and quiet. You know, when I first started coaching here, they said I needed to carry around a megaphone because I was so quiet, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I mean, to each their own. I, I, you know, I feel like you've done a good job there, being the way that you are, and I feel like I've done a good job here, being the way that I am, being the way that I am. You know, so I think both ways are are, are good. And I know probably parents probably don't like the the yelling as much, but I mean, I, I, I from being the quiet guy looking at the the louder guys, I always kind of feel like the the louder, uh, more. Uh, outgoing coaches probably get more of a response than people like I am are, you know, so to each their own, you know. Right. And I've had, you know, parents and, and faculty members come up to me this season and go, Hey, what's wrong? Do you feel okay? You're, mm-hmm. you're just not, do you still care? Because I have told our kids like, Hey, we've got to change our culture. You've got to change the way you do things. I've got to change too. And I'm going to change a little bit because I can't ask them to change and me not change some. Mm-hmm had some people like, are you okay or you still care do you want beer i said i still care just as much but i've told the kids you know we've got to change everything and that includes me so i've toned it back but i've cranked it up in practice is the best way to put it you know they don't yeah. see yeah. us practice they only see friday nights yes so they, mm-hmm. i've toned back all all week long and that's not the case yeah and there is something too i mean you know you you it's no secret you guys kind of struggling a little bit this year if kids are getting beat i mean and i've been a part of of teams that are on the losing side too it's it's tough you know it's it's almost like you want to feel compassion for the kids out there because they're trying their hardest it's not like they're out there just laying down you know they're trying their hardest and they don't really need someone really beating them over the head while they're getting beat on the field you know what i mean right yeah they're young 
Yeah. Forget these mm-hmm. are 15, 16 year old kids. Yes. Yeah. And they haven't played. They don't have any game experience. So that was something I was like, it doesn't do any good to just hammer them. Mm-hmm. They've got hurt, you know. And that was something we talked about this season. It's like, you know, we're taking a lot of beatings, getting beat really bad and losing. And I was like, you know how you get over that, guys? I said, you get tired of losing, and then you do something about it. And mm-hmm. our guys up so much is where they were ready to just keep fighting. And everybody we've played that beat us said, you guys never laid down. You know, yeah. a lot of teams laid down getting beat, and you guys never did. So that's a big positive, you know, fixing things is the guys are ready to keep fighting. Sometimes fist fight, which is not always good, but <laughs> – they kept fighting and they cared. You know, we had kids, you know, it really hurt them to lose a game that they knew they should have won or that even if they didn't have a chance of winning, they wanted to. Yes, and absolutely. And we needed to get that fire going from these younger guys because we return everybody next year. Mm-hmm. Every, so if they'll just grow a little bit physically like they did, you know, on the field, then we'll be all right. Oh, yeah. I told 20-game season. I said, we're going to get through these first 10. We're going to learn how to be a football player. Next season, we're going to win as football players. Yes, absolutely. And that, that's that's half the battle is keeping that fire in them. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit a little bit later. Now, you've been a part of some really good uh, seasons there at Fox. What have been some of the more memorable moments you've experienced? I think getting a coach with uh, Brent Phelps, you know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. That guy's won so many games and knows so much about football. And he's another one of those who's just real calm, collective. I, I might have heard him yell 20 times in seven seasons. Really? But it's knew that he's, the kids knew that he was <laughs> there for them. And, yeah. I mean, offense was his deal. Maybe being a defensive guy, you know, it's like, hey, I need some more time to practice defense. And he's like, no, we, we're going to put this, we're going to put this formation in this week. We got to work on this, you know. So mm-hmm. I think coaching with him helped me a lot in my career. Mm-hmm. And the first year I was there, we were, we really were the best team in class. I mean, we, we got beat by Shattuck, but we messed up that game. And just, you know, if we'd have got through then, we rolled to the state championship. Mm-hmm. And then we lost some really good seniors that next year. And each year, you know, the guys just had to learn more. They got more playing time. They got more game experience. And as we didn't have the athletes that we had the first two or three years, we had a home playoff game. I think it was three seasons ago. And we had a pretty good group of seniors there, five seniors that had all started since they were freshmen. And uh, Gary came to town. And they were big, physical, you know, like I said, wrestlers. They just outweighed us probably 25 pounds a man. Mm-hmm. And we're down, we were down 11 points starting fourth ground. I said, well, this is it, you know. Come back and win by 10. That was probably the, the biggest memory I have of being at Fox so far mm-hmm. was how our guys respond to that after being down, you know, bigger team, stronger team, faster than us, and just showed our – that's one game that will always stick out to me because how proud I was of the kids just coming back and winning that home playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, you talk about uh, learning a lot from – Coach Phelps, I'm I'm in that same boat. I, you know, whenever I first started, the Fox was my second job. I was at a Christian school before that. I mean, Fox is my alma mater, and you know, coming back home, uh, I think the third year I was there, maybe the second, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, Coach Phelps had come back to Fox. I think yes. he was at Balco before, and I remember just that, you know the way that he kind of – he told me what he wanted to do on defense. I kind of was a little bit lost, on you know, because the, year, the years prior we ran like a 3-2 and I didn't really have much input on what was going on. I was mainly just a cheerleader, 
basically. And, you know, he said, hey, this is what we want to do on defense. It's it's yours to do. You've, you've got it. And I, that was one of those things where, you know, he let me learn and he was he was coaching me as, as, as at the same time he was coaching um, the the players too, and that was something I always yeah. remember. Just him showing that trust in me, and just him letting me grow as a as a coach. I mean, that's he was he he kind of you know entrusted me with that and let me grow, let me fail, and let me succeed with it. And I always will remember that he was he, that to me. That's a that's a that's a good head coach. Whenever they can just let you. You know, hey, yeah, this is your that, side. Over your shoulder or, mm-hmm. you know, micromanage. He said, you've got it, you do it, and then we'll work together. Yep. So, really good about that. Yep. Now, explain to people that might not realize, what are some of the challenges that come along with coaching at a small school and not having, like, the amount of players other schools have? Even that, you know, we, I, I complain to you a lot here, or you know, here being an 11 man, we have – uh, 28 kids, and then to me, it's like, oh, we need about 10 more, you know. And but, exactly. but you, I mean, you're there. You kind of tell people the challenges that are that that are presented to y'all. Well, at, at Fox, you know, and the enrollment's down, and being a country school, what what we battle a lot more than anybody can realize is that there's not a town where there's kids that can walk to the gym in the summer to work out. Mm-hmm. You know, we kids that live 16, 17 miles away. That might not have a ride and they can't just be there you know like other towns we play you know 15 of their 18 kids live in town and can walk to the gym you know and mm-hmm. you start looking at classes and you'll see you know you might watch the fourth graders walk to you know walk to lunch and i'm like one two three four there's only five boys in that class you know then you start thinking well, our freshman year they're five if they stay and you start kind of looking whenever the numbers get low you're thinking about what am i going to do now just, I think being the small, you know, the country community is you've got to figure out, hey, how many am I going to have and who's going to play and who doesn't want to play. And, you know, it's it's hard because you always have five or six boys that want to play and football's all they're about. Mm-hmm. But you might have five or six boys, well, I love basketball more. And then you got another one like, well, I wish we had baseball or, well, I don't want to play any sports. And I try to tell them, play every sport because let's say you love basketball more, but only four guys came up to the basketball team, you lose your season. Mm-hmm. Well, play for your other buddies because you want them to play the sport you love. You don't have to love football, just play it so that we have enough to play, you know, and, and have a team. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is where you're at. And then, you know, nowadays, you know, people aren't having four or five kids, they're having one or two. And if he has two girls, guess what? You don't have boys to play football. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is, is people aren't having as many kids. You know, the farmers used to have five, six boys, and Mm -hmm. you'd have all five of those Freeman boys. You knew you were going to have one every other year. Well, that ain't the way it is anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you're just at the mercy of whoever's there and how many boys. We have 19 boys this year. 9th through 12th. And at one time, we had 14 of those 19 boys on our team this year. And then with injuries and some moving off, it dwindled to 8, 9. So that's something you got to think about all the time. How are you going to deal with it? You know, and then making them stay eligible, making them show up. So you have so many things against you. It almost feels like you're beating head against the wall. But you know that things are going to get better. It's a cycle. Yeah, true. 
Now, how do you go about with just having eight or nine, ten guys, how do you go about practicing? It's tough because we can't really, you know, at the first of the season, we want to beat each other up and get us toughened up to the, you know, the collision part of the game, you know, mm-hmm. get them bumps and bruises. And, you know, but then you think, well, we can't do this because we lose one guy in practice tackling him and he tears his knee up. We're down a guy. Mm-hmm. So, no. Catch 22, do we toughen them up or do we keep them just fundamental wise and keep them in shape? And then when they get there on Friday nights, they haven't tackled another human being all week long. They're like, wait, I got to tackle this guy. He's not a, you know, he's not a dummy just standing there. Yeah. He's going to block me or I have to block him. That's not just a, an agile dummy standing there because that's what we have to do is we have to put dials and cones in spots where there should be a player. Mm-hmm. And you try to watch as much film as possible. But if kids don't see it, full speed on the field they don't understand the film you've got to teach them how to watch film yeah the thing that you deal with you know it's teaching them and that's boring to them to watch film but that's what you deal with it when you you can't practice you know eight on eight mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of eight ball there because there's nothing you can do about it nothing you know I, i'm not going to put a pad i'm not going to put a helmet shoulder pads on to go out there and let them tackle me i'm too old for that <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you now, we, we text each other a lot about defense of this and that. In the eight-man game, what's your favorite defense to coach? I've always been a forefront guy because, you know, in high school, of course, it's 11-man, but we played a 44 stack. Mm-hmm. And I you could match up and stop just about anything that threw at you. And this was the days before the spread. And it's the same thing with eight-man, you know. It used to be two tight, two running backs. And you mm-hmm. could run a 4-2. Every once in a while, you know, they split a a tight end out or you go one back one tight you can get the three two but i've always liked the forefront because i like covering up the guards with the two technique and kind of letting your best tacklers who are usually your linebackers free and, and run and fill gaps but nowadays you know everybody spreads you out so i think you know when everybody say well everybody that runs a three two has won a state championship you know they talk about the three two was what everybody runs in the panhandle yeah i understand that part of, and it does it, it matches up best for what everybody can run at you. You know, no matter what formation, you can adjust to it from a 3-2. But defensively, it's just I like the forefront, but I've never, I haven't had any success with it since I was at Maysville with it. And that's just because we had the kids to do it. Mm-hmm. That makes a huge difference. Like, what can we run personnel-wise? Well, this week, let's run a 3-3 because we've got so-and-so playing, but so-and-so's out. Yeah. So I really like the 4-2 because I think it can run stop better than anything else yeah i used to be in that same like i said growing up with in the coaching ranks with with phelps there i mean it was three we were three one you know yes. and that was even when i first got here that was what i went back to just because of what i knew you know just over the years and when while we were eight man last not this season but seasons prior it was like i'm never running a three two i don't do what everybody else does i'm gonna do you know i'm gonna be that guy that Thanks out of the box. I ended up being the, the best defense I had over probably the the three years prior to here was a 3-2 that we ran last year. And I was like – because, I mean, to me it's so boring because it, it there's not a lot of adjustments that you really need to make. Like you were saying, you can adjust out of it any way you want to, you know. It was just like, man, I wish I'd have done this earlier. It made it so much – because I'm always big on the less kids have to think on defense, the better. You know, just if they can just pin their ears back and go, then that's the best. And you could really do that with the three-two. I mean, this guy's got this responsibility. That guy's got that responsibility. Just you know, 
you've got a gap to control, just go get it. You know, and I was, I was kind of kicking myself because, like, man, years prior I should have been trying to do this instead of running what I, you know, I'd always come up with some funky stuff, you know, defensively. But, yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of liked the four. Actually, last year we started out with a forefront. I think, I can't remember who it was, somebody won state championship running forefront and defending the flats with the ends. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to try that too because I like four fronts too. And I just could never get it to consistently work, you know. And so I ended up going to that 3-2 and I was like, oh, shoot, this is way easier. Why didn't I do this before? <laughs> yes. You know, 3-2 is the vanilla ice cream of eight-man defense. It really right? is. Like, yeah. Oh, everybody's going to eat vanilla ice cream, so. Yeah. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, I, I didn't want to run a 3-2 because that's what everybody games, you know, offense is always game. They can, they've had game plans for decades over a 3-2, you know. So I wanted to be something a little bit out of the box. But, now, I heard a little chatter over the summer about the possibility of Oklahoma starting six-man football. I hadn't really heard much since the season's been going because everyone's – in season right now, but what are your what are your thoughts on on, on that? Do you think that'd be something that could be implemented in Oklahoma? I, I do, and I'm probably the guy that started that chatter at Coaches Clinic back in July. I went to about ten different you know small school coaches and said Oklahoma's supposedly this big football state. Mm-hmm. We're losing programs left and right, or everybody's struggling. I said, what's wrong with having a six man division? I said Kansas does it. They have eleven man, eight man, and six man. Mm-hmm. And I said supposed to be this big football place i said it would save a lot of programs or maybe even start a few more programs up which is just good for everybody if they have a football program because you know it's going to bring money in it's going to mm-hmm. make kids you know be involved so i'm probably the one that started that and everybody I went to said yeah we agree that that would be good you know maybe 12 teams just a 12 team league started out playing six man mm-hmm. you know during the season when we got down to seven eight guys i was like if something happened and we had to cancel our season, we could still go down and play Texas six-man because we're you know, two-hour drive mm-hmm. to play those guys in six-man if worse got to worse, you know. And we drive six hours to play Bokoshi, you know, in an eight-man game. So <laughs> what would be the difference us driving down and playing, you know, an independent schedule of six-man Texas football? Sure. But I just – I think Oklahoma could do that. You know, and then you get this – the ADM keeps going up that you can qualify to play eight man and you've got a teams dropping and then going back up and you've got two A's going to class A and they want to get class A and two A smaller. So they bump them to class B in the three divisions. And I'm like, that's, that's all well and good. But then you've got schools that literally have, you know, 15, 16 boys in the whole high school. Well, you can still practice if you're playing six man football. You got 12 kids. Guess mm-hmm. what? You can still practice, mm-hmm. you know, you can scrimmage up and you can, you know, be competitive playing six man yeah so i would just i would really like to see it happen i don't think it will in my lifetime but i think it would save a lot of small schools you know you'd look at for instance lone wolf you know Mm -hmm. early 90s they were playing for state championships and then their program's been gone for a while yeah and you know just like fox anybody that knows high school football in oklahoma has heard of the fox foxes Mm mm-hmm then they're looking and going, man, Fox only has eight kids this year. And, yeah. and they're every game, what's going on? Well, again, all those factors in that there's not these boys in the school. We don't have anything. Yeah. 
And saying another thing with the six man, like with the the split that's coming, is that com- that's coming in two years, right? When they're splitting eight. Yeah, one more. Yeah, after next season, I believe. And see, I mean, I guess you know from looking at it, I I may be reading it wrong, but they're not going to like add any more to eight man. They're gonna. It's just going to split. The they're still going to be the same amount of teams in mm-hmm. in eight man. <laughs> But that's still like you were saying that that doesn't solve the problem in the like in Class C like with with y'all like you know Temple couldn't field a team this year and there's been several teams that have had to cancel games because they don't have enough kids that's the problem I mean it, they're yes. not, like you were like you were saying six man would be something I think they should really look at but then again I talked somebody about with I talked somebody about this on another podcast about are they really all that concerned with the little guys down here and you know. A, B, and C, are, are they really concerned about that, or are they going to be more concerned about the big boys up in 6A and 5A, you know? You know, they split the 6A division because somebody in Oklahoma with some influence got tired of everybody on the east side of the state winning the state championship in 6A, so they said, well, let's split mm-hmm. it up and give everybody else a chance, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so got city teams and somebody west finally mm-hmm. winning some state championships because they split it up for them. Mm-hmm. But they should take care of all the classifications of high school football. If Oklahoma high school football guys really care, they would look at top to bottom. Yes, absolutely. And that That's always been something that's kind of irked me. It's like, you know, even whenever we have the, the meetings, I hadn't, I hadn't been to one in years just because I, I figured out that they were pretty useless to go to. But, I mean, you know, people, they would gripe about, you know, us – smaller guys we need this and they would just be like okay yeah we'll look into it and then never hear anything else about it exactly you know? and that that that's always been frustrating to me because like you were saying they want to take care of the the big boys which i mean you know they do bring in probably a lot more money but i think your your meat and potatoes of high school football or you know 2a on down exactly I've, I've seen a class b state championship game that had more people at it than a 2a state championship game did mm-hmm Yep. You know, you get Laverne and Shattuck playing each other for the second time for a state championship. You're going to have a lot of people there that have no interest in either team, don't know anybody on the field, but they're going to come watch just because of the names. Yep. Absolutely. And I've seen more people at a state championship game, Class B, than a 2A state championship because it's small-town football. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And the state money off of it. Now, I got. I appreciate you being on. I mean, I got one final question for you. I'll let you get back to watching your game. Hopefully it's – Turning out, are you are you watching it on silent? No, I'm just I walked away from that. that <laughs> now, okay, one final question for you: with all the rules in present day football, I mean, we can just go high school because I think it's even kind of filtered down to that. With all the rules in present day football, do you believe it is tougher to play on defense, or is there more more pressure to perform on offense since the rules are kind of, you know, offense friendly? Eight-man defense is still hard to coach and hard to play. Mm-hmm. It is there. You can't stop everything, you know. At, and even you know, Class A because of the Jimmies and the Joes. You know, you're playing, you're playing eleven man, and the other team has four really good players. You can't stop all four of them defensively. You got to say, which one am I going to take away? Which one are we going to key? And in the eight-man, I've seen it. Hundreds of times, I've seen two really good kids on a team beat eight yeah. on the other team. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. It's you know, it's so it's really hard to play defense and stop everything and see it. You know, you know, and 
being a defensive coordinator, you know going in like, well, if we can stop number six, then number 11 has a big game, and we can mm. stop this formation or at least line up to it right, but we can't do anything about this one. And then they throw something new at you that your kids didn't see all week, and, you know, a lot of our kids don't have the greatest football IQ, and they go, well, Coach, we didn't know they were going to run that. <laughs> well, but either, but they did. Yeah. It's just really tough, I think, offense and – you know, this year I'm coaching the offense for junior high, and I'm having a blast. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I can do this, I can do this, because I know this hurts the defense, so it's kind of helped me be defensive coordinator all these years, and now calling offense, going, hey, I know this kills you defensively, let's do this, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to work. And so I've had a fun, I've had a really fun season coaching junior high offense. Yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking time and, and speaking with me, and – you know, I know, like I said, the, the regular season's over now and it's on the basketball for you. So good luck with that um, new endeavor for you, and I'll be keeping track of you. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle again, but I think uh, you know, we'll just go from the bottom. I tell our kids every day, just keep climbing. We're at the bottom right now, but we got to get back to the top. You don't start at the top. So it's going to be the same way with every sport. we got to start at the bottom and climb back up. Thanks to Coach Bailey for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the Coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.